Hi, the Legal Eagles over at Shout Factory would like us to point out that this radio play doesn't represent Mystery Science Theater, Shout Factory, or Alterniversal. It's an unofficial fan production, and we hope you enjoy it. This radio play is rated PG-13. It contains violence and some immature situations. Parental discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed in this play are solely those of the authors and do not reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. It's the Great Spaghetti Squash, Eddie Poe, is sponsored by Damn Dirty Geeks and the Revival League, bringing old-time radio back to life. And the Dino Hotel, the pride of Lakewood, Colorado. Thursday, November 24th, 1983, Reagan's America, and IBS proudly presents our 20th anniversary holiday airing of It's the Great Spaghetti Squash, Eddie Poe, with special narration by none other than Eddie Poe creator and gothic horror cartoonist, myself, Edgar Allan Poe. Pardon me whilst I sip from my beloved laudanum. Ugh. The taste of this new laudanum just doesn't have the tang of laudanum classic. Why they messed with the formula is beyond my comprehension. Uh, alas. Travel with me now to a dull, dark, and soundless day in autumn, in which I found myself walking a most remote path, one which I most rarely tread. Shortly, I came upon a grim, an ancient cemetery, and as I slowed my stroll to admire its sublime beauty, I noticed my oldest and dearest friend, Lionel Van Schmelt, of the esteemed Van Schmelt family, sat upon a tombstone, writing a missive of some kind, although draped in his trademark security silk cape. He still seemed agitated and nervous, not at all his usual self. I had, in fact, not seen much of my dearest friend recently. He had lately grown strange and distant, ever since some months ago when I trapped him in a darkened pit and attempted to murder him with a serrated pendulum during one of my melancholic fits. <laughs> since that time, he had for some reason taken up the habit of avoiding me. But today... He did not stir or run away screaming as usual when I approached his furious scribbling. Lionel, my dearest friend, how have you been? Don't try any of that dearest friend stuff with me, Eddie Poe. I still remember what you did to me. Oh, what? You mean the attempted murder thing? I was only joking, Lionel. Only joking? You kept me locked in that dungeon for six days without food or water. I had to chew my way through wrought iron restraints. I have an 18-inch scar across my abdomen, and I now wake up screaming every night because of your direct and purposeful actions. 
And I want you to know how melancholic it makes me feel, Lionel, to know how I've hurt you. All I could do was lay in bed for days afterwards and lament. That's basically all you do anyway, Eddie Poe. Lay around in bed and lament. And slip laudanum. Yes, it really helps with the lamenting. But I have a bigger problem than you and your laudanum addiction right now, Eddie Poe. My life is in peril. What do you say? Your life is in peril. Well, then, why do you sit here in this grim and ancient cemetery, writing what appears to be some sort of letter? This is not just some letter, Eddie Poe. This is the letter that could save my life. Who is it to? The Great Spaghetti Squash. Who? The Great Spaghetti Squash, Eddie Poe. Don't you know anything? Every year, on Thanksgiving night, the Great Spaghetti Squash rises out of the squash patch and viciously slays all the wicked and insincere children. Well, as you know, tonight is thanks a ween, and I have it on good authority that he intends to make me his next victim. So I'm writing him in hopes of being spared. Oh, Lionel, when are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? You believe in trickle-down economics. Yes, well, we obviously have several philosophical differences. But all this talk of spaghetti squashes and thanks a ween, Lionel, there's simply no such thing. But there is, Eddie Poe. There really is. I know it. This dreaded feeling has come over me lately. An iciness. A sinking. A sickening of the heart. When did this start, my dear friend? Right around the time you threw me in that godforsaken pit. Oh, you and your pit. Is that all you ever think about? Yes, mostly. But the horrible atrocities you've committed against me won't matter after tonight, Eddie Poe. Unless... Unless what? Unless you come over to my house for Thanksgiving dinner. Then if the Great Spaghetti Squash comes to kill me, maybe he'll confuse you for me and kill you instead. Very well, Lionel. I'll come over to your house for dinner tonight and prove to you there is no such thing as the Great Spaghetti Squash. Perhaps it will even make up for all that nasty pendulum business and we can resume our begrudging friendship. It will. Oh, it will. Thank you, Eddie Poe. Meet me tonight at the house of Van Schmelt. You know where it is. It's still the big, dark, creepy house at the end of the street, decaying in ruin? That's the one. I'll be there with bells on. And so it was that I came to find myself, standing before the great and ancient house of Van Schmelt at the end of the street. As I stood alone before that ominous abode, there grew in my mind a ridiculous fancy. Yes, a fancy so ridiculous indeed that I but mention it to make light of its fanciful ridiculousness. <laughs> I began to feel that around the entire structure, the great house of Van Schmelt hung an atmosphere peculiar to only itself, an atmosphere which had no affinity with the air of heaven. The siding itself seemed to inhale gently and exhale a pestilent and mystic vapor. Upon closer inspection of the structure, I was struck by a small and minute detail I found quite startling. Only an observer as scrutinizing as myself could have noticed it, a barely perceptible fissure, which extended from the roof of the house in front before making its way down the wall in a zigzag direction to the sullen gardens in back. What's the deal with that big crack down the middle of the house? Sadie, what the devil are you doing here? I should ask you the same thing, big brother. 
I'm here to have dinner with Lionel. Don't tell me you two are on speaking terms again. Yes, yes, that's all worked out now. What are you doing here? I received a letter from my sweet baboo. He seemed very upset. Yes, I am of the opinion he is suffering from acute paranoia. I believe it, brother. I mean, everything else about him is acute. Why shouldn't his paranoia be, too? Good gravy. His letter raved about some kind of squash and a terrible peril. It was all very acute. And then it said I should come over to his house tonight for Thanksgiving dinner. Sadie, I wish you wouldn't encourage Lionel's delusions. The only danger tonight is in his traumatized little mind. Well, who's the one who traumatized him, big brother? I can't recall at just this moment, but nevertheless, we haven't time to argue the point. Well, hurry up and knock, then. I feel like this creepy old house is watching me. I'm certainly inside of it will no doubt be the very picture of pleasantness. Now wait a moment while I rap, rap upon this mansion's door. How do you like that for some rapping? Good evening. Hello. You don't know me, but my name is Eddie Poe, and this is my little sister Sadie. I believe we are expected by Lionel Van Schmelt. Seriously, Eddie Poe? Do I not look the least bit familiar to you? Hmm. Now that you mention it, your face does ring a distant bell, but I can't seem to place it just now. Oh my god. Really? It's me, Benjamin. 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 We go to school together. We've been in the same classes, each other literally our entire lives. I was even your lab partner last Thursday, remember? Benjamin. Do you know each other, brother? Hmm, oh, oh, oh yes, uh, of course, Sadie. This is Benjamin. We're in the same class together. Yes, uh, I, I would know Benjamin anywhere. After all, he's the only black, uh, mm. Yeah, I'm the only what, Eddie Poe? Oh, 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 nothing, nothing. No, 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 go ahead, please, finish your thought. I'd prefer not. Oh, no, I insist. Well, I was just going to say he's the only other kid in class I'd trust to do labs with me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you were going to say the only black kid in school, weren't you? No. Yes, you were. You think I don't know I'm the only black kid in school? You think I haven't noticed? I'm sure. There are other facets of my personality, too, you know. Oh, yes, of course there are. Like... Uh... Shut the hell up, Eddie Poe. If you're coming in, come in. And for the record, I know the only reason you were my lab partner is because Lionel still isn't talking to you. Oh, Lionel and I have smoothed all that over now. We're quite good friends again. Yeah, I bet. So... What brings you here to the fated house of Van Schmelt? They cast me as the butler. Can you believe it? Oh, how could they? And Lionel tried to word it like, Hey, you want to come over to my house tonight and play butler? Like it's some kind of game. Wow, what total closet racists. But nobody pretends to be a butler for fun, Eddie Poe. You know why? Because being a butler isn't any fun. Man, they must think I'm some kind of idiot. I believe this cartoon originally came out in the 60s, so it was a different time. Don't they realize I'm a human being? How can they treat me like this? I suppose you'll be wanting to take our coats now. Oh, sure. Just hand them here. 
I'll tell you where you can stick your damn coat, Eddie Poe. Listen, where is that haunting music coming from? Well, that's Schrodinger. He arrived shortly before you did. Oh, really? Well, where is he? In the parlor, playing piano. All right. Unless he isn't. What? I said, unless he isn't. I heard you, but I don't know what that means. I mean, he either is or he isn't in the parlor playing piano, right? Yes, exactly. So, which is it? Both. What? Both. He's in the parlor playing piano, and he's not in the parlor playing piano. You're not making any sense, Benjamin. Don't you know anything, Eddie Poe? Until we open the door to the parlor and see whether Schrodinger is in there playing piano or not, we won't know whether he's in the parlor playing piano or not. Look, I'm just going to open the blasted parlor door and be done with it. Yep, he's in there. A great, wonderful, quite anticlimactic. Hey, Eddie Poe, Sadie, and, uh, uh... Benjamin, I was at your birthday party, man. Did you receive an invitation to Lionel's Thanksgiving dinner as well, Schrodinger? Yes, I have it right here. Hmm. I hate to raise a point, Schrodinger, but you haven't even opened this letter yet. Of course not. As long as I don't open it, I won't know I'm not invited. My friends, you've come. I knew you wouldn't abandon me in my hour of need. Lionel, my dearest, dearest, dear, dear friend, it is so good to see you. And I you. Eddie Poe. I was just finished telling everyone here how we put that nasty feud behind us and resumed our bosom friendship. Yes, it's true. And I can already feel an improved sense of calm with you being here. Ah! It's the great spaghetti squash! Oh, come now, Lionel. It's just someone at the door. Were you expecting more guests this evening, Benjamin? I wasn't expecting anyone this evening. Because I'm a six-year-old kid just pretending to be a butler, remember? Oh, yes, I, I keep forgetting. Oh, where? Oh, where's my laudanum? Oh, where? Oh, where? Fine. I guess I'll answer the door. Wait! What's wrong? If you open that door, we'll know exactly who's behind it. Isn't that the point? No! As long as we don't open it, it could be anybody knocking at that door. It could even be everybody. Oh, I tire of this diversion. I'm opening the door. No, you'll let the squash in. <laughs> Look, it's just Spearmint Sally. Ed, I didn't know you lived in a big spooky house. I don't. We're here to have Thanksgiving dinner with Lionel. Did you receive an invitation too? Me? Heck no. Darlene and I were just on our way for a remote weekend of camping when our tandem bicycle broke down outside. I wonder if maybe you guys had a spare tandem bicycle chain lying around in there. Benjamin? Fresh out. Damn it. Did they have an extra tandem bicycle chain, sir? No, Darlene. I told you they wouldn't. Well, how do we know if we don't ask Darlene, huh? Ugh! Ed, can we come in and use your phone? Does that sound like something we could do? Well, again, I don't live here, but you know what they say, misery loves company. So sure, come on in. Benjamin here will take your coats. Benjamin will do what now? N nothing, nothing. Benjamin will do nothing. I'll take your coats. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Ha! <laughs> huh, this sure is some spooky house you got here, Ed. Did you know there's a big crack in it? Yes, I'm aware. 
So, Spearmint Sally, you and Darlene were going camping for the weekend. Yeah, it's a bit of a tradition. Just the two of you? Yeah, Ed. You got a problem with that? No, no. Uh, of course not. What's wrong with two best friends and roommates going camping with each other once in a while, Ed? Hmm? Or every single weekend, for that matter. Nothing, nothing. Not a thing. It's just that you two, well, it seems like you're always together. Yeah, that's what best friends do, Ed. They spend every waking minute with each other. You'd know that if you didn't tie your best friend up in a pit and torture him for fun. I was in a fit of melancholy. You're always in a fit of melancholy. It's always melancholy with this guy. And I said I was sorry. Did you? Okay, I didn't so much as say it, but I did mean to say it. And besides, that's all behind us now. Lionel and I are friends again. He can tell you himself. Lionel! Lionel, you can come out now. Is it safe? Is the great spaghetti squash gone? It wasn't any squash, Lionel. It was just Spearmint Sally and her suspiciously constant companion, Darlene. They want to know if they can use your phone. Sure, it's right there on the wall. Ugh! This phone is dead. Dead, you say? How strange. Phones aren't usually dead, are they? It was the great spaghetti squash. He's killed the phone, and we're all next. Well, that's just great. Come on, Darlene. We've got to go find some other house with either a working phone or a spare tandem bicycle chain. The phone is the more likely scenario, sir. Wait, you can't go out there. Why not? Because it's getting dark, and you know what that means. It's Thanksgiving night, and the great spaghetti squash is out for blood. Ed, what is all this nonsense about a squash? Hmm? Lionel has a vivid delusion that he is being pursued by a vengeful gourd known as the Great Spaghetti Squash. Top five dumbest things I've ever heard. It's not dumb, it's true. The Great Spaghetti Squash is real, and he's going to kill me tonight. <laughs> ah! It's the Great Spaghetti Squash! Not every horrifying sound is the Great Spaghetti Squash, Lionel. See? It's just Snooby the anthropomorphic Basset Hound and his avian friend Woodraven the Woodraven. <coughs> well, come on in if you're joining us. And I'd hate to ask you a silly question, but why is your dog dressed in full World War I German regalia? Oh, that, yeah. He believes himself to be the great and famous Crimson Kriegs Commander, savior of the Rhineland and dreaded bane of the Triple Entente. Oh, is that all? Why won't anyone believe me? I'm being stalked by a great spaghetti squash, I am. I believe you, my sweet baboo. Oh, please. I don't need to be patronized right now. Don't you all see? This family, this entire house is under a foul curse. <coughs> Snooby, you're really not helping with his nerves. <laughs> yes, my family is under a terrible curse. The name Van Schmelt used to carry with it pride and esteem but our reputation has fallen to ruin just as this house falls apart around us. I won't lie to you. It could use a woman's touch. Which reminds me, where is that indignant tyrant of a sister of yours, Annabelle Lucy? I'm afraid that this house and the curse upon it has had ill effect on my dear sister, Annabelle Lucy, as well. Usually so vigorous and cruel, she's now reduced to a pallid heap in her bedroom upstairs. Ah, then this curse isn't all bad, is it? You would hardly recognize her, Eddie Poe. So wan and thin is she, barely clinging to life. Eddie Poe! 
Uh, wan, did you say? Oh yes, very wan. Just a ghost of her old self, the poor thing. Just a ghost of her old self? Indeed. So very, very wan she. Eddie Poe, you bolthead! Well, I mean wan for her. Ah. Uh, what are you doing in my house, Eddie Poe? I invited him, dear sister. He's come to protect me from the great spaghetti squash. Lionel, you must have rocks in your head just like Eddie Poe. I told you, there's no such thing as the great spaghetti squash. There is no curse on the house of Van Schmelt. Unless you count Annabelle Lucy herself, that is. Hey, Schrodinger, I've been in the same room as you for ten seconds now. Why haven't you told me how beautiful I look yet, huh? Huh? Why haven't you compared my voice to a lute or something? Huh? Huh? Don't you think I'm beautiful? Don't you think I sound like a lute? Annabelle, Lucy, uh, I... I demand you respond to my sociopathic nature with love and affirmation! Good gravy. Now play something on the piano that expresses your undying adoration for me, or I'll punch you in the nose. You shouldn't be out of bed, sister. You aren't well. I'm fine, see? <coughs> I'm coughing up no more blood than usual. There's nothing to worry about. Yes, Annabelle Lucy has had consumption since she was born. I'm afraid this is more serious than a little routine consumption, Eddie Poe. Even now, my sister's frail body crumbles as this ancient house now crumbles around us. I keep telling you to call a carpenter. It's not a curse! It's dry rot! Even the servants have felt its oppressive presence. That's why they've all either resigned or quit, except for loyal old Benjamin here. Uh, again, I'm not really your butler. I'm just pretending, for God only knows what reason. He's been a godsend to me and sweet, sweet Annabelle Lucy, near to death as she is. When she and I decease, we will be the last of the ancient race of Van Schmelt. But, oh, I must bore you all with talk of my imminent demise. You do, indeed. I invited you all here for a feast, and a feast you shall have. I fear it will be my last meal before I shed this mortal coil. Benjamin, is dinner ready? If you tell me I'm playing cook tonight, too, I swear... No, no, I've commissioned a most excellent chef for this. Our final thanks a -ween together. Also, our first thanks a -ween together. So let us now adjourn to the dining room, so I may tell you my most strange and wondrous tale. Well, now that we're in the dining room, I can tell you my most strange and wondrous tale and how I came to know the curse upon the Van Schmelt family and this very house itself. The curse of the Great Spaghetti Squash. It began one somber day while I was perusing the family library and came upon a particularly ragged tome tucked away between two shelves. It seemed almost to be hidden away. This great book I discovered was none other than the fabled Squashonomicon. Good gravy. In this great tome was outlined the history of the ancient race of Van Schmelt and the nature of its dark and insidious past. It seems long ago this land was nothing but wild spaghetti squash patches, as far as the eye could see. When my ancestors first arrived, they lived peacefully alongside the squashes for a time, but soon their greed and lust for the squashes' resources led them to turn on the mighty gourds. One dreary evening, they invited all the spaghetti squashes to a great feast, and got them drunk on wine and cheap schnapps. And when the squashes were all sloshed up and at their most lethargic, my ancestors crept up behind them with mallets in hand and... 
Thousands of squashes were smashed and destroyed that day on the blood-soaked plot that would one day seat this, the house of Van Schmelt. But, the story goes, with its dying breath, the squash shaman uttered a terrible and lasting curse to punish my ancestors for their treacherous insincerity. Every year on Squashoween, the great spaghetti squash will rise out of the squash patch and slay all the wicked and insincere children. Lionel, are you telling me the very first Thanksoween was a ruse set up by your ancestors to invite a tribe of sentient squashes for dinner in the hopes of getting them drunk and murdering them? And that the great and proud house of Van Schmelt, which we now occupy, was built upon this same mass squash burial site? Yes, that's about the gist of it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was keeping up. But do you see now, Eddie Poe? My ancestors triggered this horrible course of events. That's why the Great Spaghetti Squash is going to exact its revenge on me tonight. Lionel, this curse is all in your head. That's what I thought, too. Until late one night, I heard a terrible rattle at my window lattice. Thinking quickly, I courageously hid under the covers until whatever it was making that noise went away on its own. But the next morning, I examined the soil beneath my bedroom window. And you'll never guess what I discovered. Squash tracks? Yes, exactly. Squash tracks. Dozens of them. How the heck did you guess that, Darlene? Well, it's only logical a squash of those proportions would leave behind tracks. What is it that a squash track looks like? I... Lionel, you must stop with this nonsense. There is no such thing as a great spaghetti squash, and there is no such thing as thanks-o-ween. What are you talking about, Ed? There is so a holiday called Thanksoween. What? Yeah, Eddie Poe, you must be a real bolthead to have never heard of Thanksoween. It's the one night of the year where kids go door to door for thanks or treats. Oh, I wish we were out for thanks or treats right now, instead of stuck in this dumb, creepy house. You'll thank me when you aren't being cleaved in half by the great spaghetti squash. What is thanks or treats? God, don't you know anything, Eddie Poe? Every year on Thanksoween, kids dress up and go door to door, and all the adults give them free stuffing and cranberry sauce and giblets. And then the kids take their sacks of giblets and gather around the table for the traditional Thanksoween feast. Well, how is it I haven't heard of this holiday before today? I honestly don't know, brother. Our family has a Thanksoween feast every year on Thanksoween. Seriously? Why don't I remember any of this? Perhaps you should lay off the laudanum, brother. Hmm. So this Thanksoween, you basically sit around and stuff your face with candy. Yeah, that's about it in a nutshell. Come now, there must be more to Thanksoween than shameless gluttony and commercialized mayhem. No, that's about it, all right. Confound it. Is there not one amongst you here can tell me the true meaning of Thanksoween? I can, Eddie Poe. Lights, please. And there were, in the same country, children of tremendous insincerity, frolicking in the squash patch. And lo, the great spaghetti squash did rise up from the tangled vines, and the glory of the gourd shone all around them. And they were sore afraid. But the gourd said unto them, Fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy. And the great spaghetti squash did raise up his sickle of great sincerity, and brought it down upon the heads and the hearts of the insincere children, and the children did scream in wicked pain and agony. 
and the great spaghetti squash did bathe in their insincere blood. Amen. That's what Thanksween's all about, Eddie Poe. Lionel. Yes, Eddie Poe? You're a very deeply disturbed child, and coming from me, that is truly saying something. Thank you, Eddie Poe. Dinner is ready. Why the hell am I still playing along with this? Thank you, Benjamin. You may serve our guests now. <laughs> you have finally lost your damn mind if you think I'm serving you a goddamn thing. <laughs> you get up and get it yourself. Look here, it's no bother if I just bring the platter here to the table. I, uh, noticed you didn't set out an extra plate for me, huh? Well, I figured. If you say you figured I would eat in the servants' quarters, the great spaghetti squash is not the only thing you'll have to worry about killing you tonight. Look, there's plenty of room for Benjamin. Here, you can have my seat. Well, let's see what we have for our thanks feast. You know... Before you lift the lid on that serving platter, I'd like to take a moment to appreciate all the different things which could potentially be under it. Maybe a roast, or a train, or... I'm just going to lift the tin and see... Oh, how queer. Nothing queer about it. Just the traditional Thanksgiving spread, Eddie Poe. Roast snipe with gumdrop stuffing, candy corn on the cob, mashed jawbreakers, and for dessert, bubblegum pie a la mode. Fantastic, Lionel. This meal looks sublime. All compliments to the chef, please. Wow, Lionel, this food actually tastes as delicious as it looks. Yes, there's a strong gamey quality to this snipe I can't quite put my finger on. It reminds me of the venison we smoked after our last hunting trip, sir. As I haven't tasted mine just yet, I must agree it's absolutely delicious. Lionel, this dinner is amazing. The roast snipe is moist, and the gumdrop stuffing brings it just the right touch. You must introduce us to your mysterious chef so we can compliment him ourselves. Oh, certainly, certainly. Oh, Slabo. Slabo? Slabo, come on in here. Yes, Mr. Van Schmelt? <coughs> oh, my friend, how are you enjoying your meal? Lionel, you asked Slabo. The dirtiest, filthiest, stinkiest kid in the whole class to cook dinner for us? I think he really has a knack for the culinary arts. He literally has a stink cloud which follows him everywhere he goes. Did you really think it would be sanitary to have him serve us dinner? I'm certainly washed his hands before cooking. Am I right, Slabo? You sure are, Mr. Van Schmelt. <sighs> I gave them the old spit shine just before I started cooking. <coughs> this is why we don't spend more time with boys, Darlene. Yeah, this is why, sir. Oh, God, Slabo. Please take this disgusting abomination of a meal away from our sight. My friend, you don't like the meal I have prepared? Oh, I slaved over a hot stove all day for nothing. I even killed the snipe myself. What, you shot it? No, it keeled over dead once it caught a whiff of my natural musk. <laughs> Slobbo! Was there any food on this table that you didn't personally touch? Yes, I had my sous chefs prepare the bubblegum pie. Great. Although, I'll probably regret not having asked this before taking a bite, but who are your sous chefs again? 
Snooby the anthropomorphic bathet hound, and Wood Raven the Wood Raven, of course. <coughs> oh, yuck! Dog and bird germs. Oh, God. I'll catch the plague. I'll catch the typhus. Someone get the hot water. Someone get the iodine. Someone get a doctor. Ick. Yuck. <coughs> Someone get this disgusting pie away from me. Ugh. Sorry, Slabo. I guess there's no accounting for good taste. All I wanted to do was please my friends. Well, I know. I think that meal was the real curse on this house, wouldn't you say? Yes, I believe the worst of tonight's affairs are now behind us. I said the worst of tonight's affairs are now behind us. Why did you repeat yourself like that, Ed? Hmm. Usually when one says something like that, that's when all the lights cut out and one of the party goes missing. I don't know what to tell you, Ed. Yes, well, it just goes to further reinforce my previous point that the worst of tonight's affairs are indeed now behind us. The lights! What happened to the lights? I can't see a thing. If this is somebody's idea of a joke... Ah! It's the Great Spaghetti Squash! He's finally come for me! Okay, okay, you see, the lights are back on. It was just a routine power failure. You see, Lionel, nothing to be afraid of. Wait, where's that Schrodinger kid? Who do you mean, sir? You know, the kid who is always either doing or not doing things, but no one can be sure. Oh, I think he may be off somewhere, doing or not doing something, but I can't really be sure. It sounds like he's gone back to the parlor to play the piano. Unless he hasn't. Stop that. Let's just go to the parlor and see. What happened in here, brother? Why is there all this blood on the floor? I don't know, Sadie. I walked into the same room you did. Wow, Ed, this parlor of yours is completely trashed. Your folks are going to be so mad when they see this. Again, this is not my house, Spearmint Sally. Out of my way. Where is that bolthead Schrodinger? Looks like he's kind of spread all over the place. Oh, my poor sweet Schrodinger. Whoever killed you will pay for it with their lives. I was supposed to marry you one day and slowly kill you myself. Look there. Blood is oozing out of the piano. By the looks of things, whoever murdered Schrodinger then secreted his corpse inside his very own piano. I suppose the only thing left to do now is to open the piano lid and confirm its grisly contents. No, no. What? Don't open the piano. Schrodinger, is that you? Yes, don't open the piano. Why not? Because until you open the piano, I'm neither alive nor dead, and I can deal with that for the time being. But you're clearly not dead. Untrue. I am not clearly anything at the moment. But you're talking to me, so I know that you can't possibly be... No! Oh, hmm. Actually, he is dead. He wasn't before you opened the piano. Murderer. Shut up. He was dead from the start, and you know it. Look, here's the piano wire with which he was garroted. 
The great spaghetti squash did it. I'll scour the room for squash tracks. Lionel, why would a squash strangle someone with piano wire? Maybe he has a flair for the eccentric? It wouldn't, because he wasn't killed by a squash. Schrodinger was murdered by one of you here in this house. What do you mean, one of us? Huh? Sorry, Ed, but based on past history, you're the prime suspect here. Why me? You have a history of violence. Remember when you trapped Lionel in that pit for six days? I remember that. In a fit of melancholia. Do I appear to be having any kind of fit at the moment? Besides, isn't it obvious that Annabelle Lucy did it? What? Why would I murder the man I was going to marry and then murder? Unrequited love can drive a heart to terrible ends. Believe me, I know. Our love was not unrequited. It was very requited. Super requited, even. I don't think anybody here is buying that. The next person who accuses me of murdering Schrodinger is getting a punch in the nose. Okay, fair enough. Well, how about you, Benja? Uh... Yes, Eddie Poe. Never mind. No, no, please, go ahead. You were about to hurl a baseless accusation? No, I wasn't. I think you were. No, I was, uh, going to ask you if, if you knew who really killed Schrodinger. Oh, yeah? Yup. Just thought maybe from where you were standing, you had a better vantage point. I didn't see a thing, Eddie Poe. I was in the same dark room as you. Okay, great. Glad that's settled. I guess we can eliminate Benjamin as a suspect as well. It definitely wasn't Benjamin. That's it. I'm leaving. No, please, Benjamin. Don't be that way. Don't be what way? No, I, I, I didn't mean it like... Listen, since I've gotten here, all you guys have done is make me pretend to be your butler and accuse me of murder. And now people are turning up dead and you think I'm going to just wait around here to be killed with some stupid kids who can't even remember my name? Yeah, right. I'm going home. Come on, Benjamin. We didn't mean... You guys know my dad makes more money than all your families combined, right? He's a goddamn architect. you enjoy being murdered gruesomely one by one did that sound like a thinly veiled threat to anyone else look sir what did you find darling i mean darlene i mean holy platonic life mate of mine here in the blood sir i found they look like squash tracks oh good gravy you're right darlene these do look like squash tracks I want to see. What on earth kind of tracks would a squash leave behind anyhow? Oh my god. These are squash tracks. I'd recognize them anywhere. From where? Now do you all believe me? The great spaghetti squash is real and he means to kill us all. Lionel, you blasted fool. We aren't looking for a murderous squash. We are looking for a real-life killer in this room. Brother, haven't you done enough damage with your venomous allegations? Whatever squash left behind these tracks, sir, it must be a truly large squash indeed. Could you imagine how much a squash like that would be worth in captivity? We could stick it in a zoo. Or donate it to science. Or put it on TV. Or sell it to the military as a weapon. There's no limit to what this spaghetti squash could do for us. Or to us. 
Did you forget the spaghetti squash is a killer? Oh, Lionel, if you're scared, then just say so, and you won't get none of that sweet, sweet squash moolah. That's fine. I value my life over money. Ha! <laughs> what an idiot! Listen, if we're gonna find and catch this squash, we should split into teams. We can cover more ground that way. How about girls on one team and boys and anthropomorphic animals on the other? Good idea, sir. Oh, good gravy. Okay, you boys search the ground floor in the basement, and we girls will search the upstairs. Okay, Darlene, you and me will start in the bedroom. Yes, sir. Sadie, you and I will check the attic. Don't miss me while I'm gone, my sweet boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like those two are going to start their investigation in the kitchen. I guess that leaves us to look around here. Oh no, Eddie Poe. That sounds far too scary. Come now, Lionel. We can't let the girls show us up, can we? We must find this squash, or whatever it may turn out to actually be. How are we going to do that? Don't worry, I brought along my trusty butterfly net. Certified tool of sissies everywhere. Follow me. sure has one big spooky house, Darlene. I feel like the walls are watching me, you know? I believe he repeatedly said this wasn't his house, sir. Now, if you were a murderous Paschetti squash, where would you hide? I have a feeling we're looking for squash in all the wrong places, sir. I'm just glad we could finally have some alone time together this weekend. No time for all that now, Darlene. We have to find this squash before the boys and the anthropomorphic animals do. Look over there, sir. It's a lever. Good eye, Starlene! Hmm, let's see. Pull lever for... Spare tandem bike chain! <gasps> That's what we need to get out of here! It sure is a lucky coincidence, sir. Sure is! Now let's get our bike fixed and leave this spooky house behind us forever. It's as simple as pulling this lever! Sir? Sir? Where did you go, sir? One moment you were standing here right next to me, and the next you plummeted down some darkened shaft that opened up on the floor. I wonder if it could have anything to do with this lever. Sir! I'm telling you, Eddie Poe, you're courting death. Don't you see? Lionel, has anyone ever told you you're far too high strung? Here, take the edge off with some laudanum. Wait, shh. Ugh. What is that rancid stench? Hey, you who vench melt it, dealt it. No, it's coming from this small room here. <coughs> Look there. I think that awful smell is coming from the wardrobe. On the count of three, you throw open the wardrobe door and cast your candlelight upon the foul thing, and I'll bring my butterfly net crashing down upon its head. Then we'll have him. Whatever you say, Eddie Poe. One, two, three. Phew. Look, it's just Slobo, standing with his back turned inside the wardrobe. That must have been the rancid stench which so offended us. Now I'll just gently turn Slobo's presumably still living body around and... Slabo, He's been killed! Stabbed in the heart with his own carving knife! The 
devils. So the stink must have been his newly rotting corpse. No, actually, he always smells like this. In fact, this may even be an improvement upon his normal everyday stench. Well, now do you believe me, Eddie Poe? This was the work of the Great Spaghetti Squash. Who else would have wanted to see poor Slabo dead? Well, I suppose anybody who ate that dinner this evening. Touché. Or anyone who ever had to share a classroom with him. All righty. Or anyone within a quarter-mile radius of his general putrescence. Okay, okay. So anyone with a decent sense of smell had a good reason to kill poor Slabo. But how do you explain that huge, menacing, spaghetti-squash-shaped shadow cast on the wall behind you? Oh, well, that's simple, Lionel. It's... Did you say huge, menacing, spaghetti-squash-shaped shadow cast on the wall behind me? Yeah. Ah! It's, it's the, the great, great spaghetti, spaghetti squash! squash. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Lionel fainted at the sight of the great spaghetti squash. I must go back for my dearest friend. Oh, I must have taken a wrong turn somewhere. Confound this house. I've come to a dead end. Oh no, the menacing shadow of the great spaghetti squash now looms ever closer and closer. Stay back, stay back I say. I'll have you know I'm armed with a butterfly net and I know how to use it. Oh, blast it all. It wasn't the great spaghetti squash after all. It was just Snooby the anthropomorphic basset hound and his little friend Woodraven the Woodraven. Snooby, what do you mean impersonating the great spaghetti squash and scaring Lionel half to death like that? <laughs> Not very becoming behavior for a recipient of the Iron Cross, is it? <laughs> Yes, yes, I know all about your defense of the beloved Rhineland and your heroic deeds at the Battle of the Somme. Good gravy. Other kids just have normal dogs. Why does mine have to be an outspoken ally of the Ottoman Empire? Eddie Poe, you boulderhead! Oh, hi, Annabelle Lucy. Hello, Sadie. Any luck with your squash hunt? We haven't found Bupkis! We searched this house up and down and didn't find a single squash. We found a musket, a kabocha, and a yellow zucchini, but no squash. That boulderhead Lionel sent us out on a wild squash chase. Oh, what a fool I was. I can't believe I missed a whole night of thanks retreats to chase some make-believe monster around a dark, creepy house. I was robbed, I tell you. Robbed. I intend to sue. Do you hear me? I'll sue! I tried to tell you there was no such thing as the Great Spaghetti Squash. I demand restitution. I demand what I have coming to me. Where is that bolthead Lionel? This is all his fault. I demand restitution. Where is that brother of mine? I'm not sure. He was with me a moment ago when we discovered the horribly mutilated corpse of Slabo. Slabo is dead? Yes. Thank God. And then we saw the great spaghetti squash, and I'm afraid Lionel fainted while I ran screaming into the darkness. You found the great spaghetti squash? No, it turned out to just be Snooby. Don't worry, I'll find him. He can't hide from me. Hell hath no fury like a woman who has been cheated out of her thanks or treats. 
Sadie, I think it's wisest if we all stay together and don't split up further. Sadie? Sadie! Oh, that stubborn sister of mine has gone and gotten herself lost in this accursed house, too. We haven't seen any signs of Spearmint Sally or her suspiciously constant companion Darlene anywhere either. Have you? I'm sure the two of them are somewhere. Together. Eddie Poe, I swear if this is all another one of your elaborate schemes to torture and murder us, I'm going to punch you right in the nose. Oh, Annabelle Lucy, as you can see, I'm just as terrified as you are. Oh, curse this cursed house and his cursed curse. I would kick it in twain if only I could. <laughs> Poe, what did you do? Nothing. I gave the wall here a little kick. Why the hell would you do that? You knew this place was barely holding itself together as it is. Well, I didn't think a little kick would make any difference. Look, the rift in the ceiling is growing, Eddie Poe. The whole house could come down any minute. I have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. Who cares about you? Out of my way! From that chamber... From that very mansion of horror, the two of us fled aghast. As we crossed the creaking threshold, we stopped to observe the now-falling House of Vanishmerit. I could see that the once barely discernible zigzag fissure of which I had before spoken had rapidly widened, and now the radiance of the full, setting, and blood-red moon shone vividly through the gap. Well, way to go, Eddie Poe. You kicked my damn house in half. I hope you're happy. Looks like it may keel over any second. It was only a little kick, Annabelle Lucy. I guess I don't know my own strength. Well, after thousands of years, it looks as though the great house of Van Schmelt will finally fall. And it's all your fault, Eddie Poe. From the corner of my eye, I caught sight of a quick blur before I felt a heavy thud, as though my skull had been cracked with a sturdy, solid vegetable. Eddie Poe! Wake up, Eddie Poe. Where? Where am I? You're in the squash patch behind the just barely standing ruins of the house of Van Schmelt. Lionel? Oh, Lionel, I'm so glad to have found you. Everyone else has disappeared. I know that, Eddie Poe, because I'm the one who disappeared them. You? But why, Lionel? Why? Seriously, you guys are the worst friends ever. Sadie refuses to accept my rebuffs of her overbearing affections. Annabelle Lucy is a tyrannical sociopath. Slabo never bathes. And Schrodinger, I am so sick and tired of all those stupid quantum jokes he's always making. Oh, this is indefinite. That is indefinite. Well, he's definitely dead now, isn't he? And Spearmint Sally? Darlene? Ha! <laughs> I asked that Darlene girl out once and she turned me down flat. Said I wasn't her type. What the hell does that even mean? And I, Lionel, your oldest and dearest friend? Why would you do this to me? Oh, let's see, Eddie Poe. There's still just the little matter of you trapping me in a dungeon for a week and almost killing me. You're still stuck on that? Yes, Eddie Poe. I'll never not be stuck on that. Not until you've endured what I've had to endure. 
so I plan to exact revenge against you on Thanksween night. I eliminated you one by one and led you to believe that it was the work of the Great Spaghetti Squash. I never believed that squash story for a second. Leaving only my dearest sister, Annabelle Lucy, who at this moment is locked in the family tomb where she will spend the remainder of her very short, very sad life. Let me out of this tube this instant, Lionel, or I'll punch you in the nose! And you, Eddie Poe? For you, I've saved the worst fate of all. Worse than being entombed alive? Much worse. You, I will sacrifice to the great spaghetti squash. Lionel, I keep telling you, there is no such thing as a great spaghetti squash. You're wasting your time. Wouldn't you rather brick me in some place or something? You'll soon believe in the great spaghetti squash as I do, Eddie Poe. Once I read this ancient incantation from the Squashinomicon and summon the great spaghetti squash from its infernal slumber in the squash patch, you'll believe just before being gruesomely disemboweled. Lionel, you're being rather a fool, I think. Shala Makta Shankrati, God of Darkness, come to me! What the devil? The very ground beneath my feet began to shake and tremble, and there was a long, tumultuous, shouting sound like the voice of a thousand waters. Through the moonlight-draped fissure, I saw a great figure rise from the festering foundations of the cursed House of Van Schmelt. My brain reeled as the figure, which seemed almost as large as the house itself, tore the mighty walls asunder and began to smash the remnants of the ancient house of Van Schmelt. I told you, I told you, Eddie Poe, he's real, he's real, the great and terrible spaghetti squash. <laughs> Look upon him and know thy doom. Lionel, it seems like the great spaghetti squash is really only interested in one thing. And that is smashing what little is left of the ancient house of Van Schmelt. No, over here, you stupid squash. Kill Eddie Poe. He is a child of great insincerity. Pluck out his eyes and dislodge his spleen. Doesn't seem like it cares one bit. No. It just seems to really hate that house of yours a whole lot. Ah, you must not be insincere enough. You stupid squash. Don't you know insincerity when you see it? With a final, wretched cry, the great spaghetti squash enveloped the thrumming ruins, and the deep and dank squash soil at my feet closed sullenly and silently over the last fragments of the house of Van Schmelt. Oh, all my plans ruined, all of it for nothing! Lionel, I'm sorry your plan of revenge murder didn't work out the way you wanted. Thanks, Eddie Poe. I guess there's always next thanks, Aween. Until then, do you mind unbinding me from this grisly sacrificial altar, buddy? Sure thing, pal. Well, Eddie Poe, I hope this teaches you a lesson to never trap me in a pit and try to murder me ever again. Yes, Lionel, it most certainly has. Or at least it's taught me to make sure that I finish the job next time. The night isn't over yet. You want to go out for thanks or treats? What about your sister Annabelle Lucy? She's still locked in your family tomb. Shall we let her out? Let me out of here! Let me out! Uh, no, I'd still rather not. 
Good gravy. Let me out! Let me out of here! You blockhead! Let me out! Let me out! And thus do we conclude our very special thanks a ween production of It's the Great Spaghetti Squash Eddie Poe. Now it seems I've been assigned with the duty of reading the credits to this evening's production. Who knows what a lamentable fate has condemned me to such a humiliating charge as this, but here goes. It's the Great Spaghetti Squash Eddie Poe was written by Erica Rodriguez, Greg Talley, and Rob Maynard, and is a work of satire based upon or inspired by the works of Charles M. Schultz and yours truly, Edgar Allan Poe, with special consideration toward It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and my brilliant Fall of the House of Usher. This production was a cross-stream between damn dirty geeks, oh fine, fine fellows, and those damnable rapscallions at the Revival League. (laughs) Oh, I've spent many a night at the bottom of a laudanum flask with some of those fellows, let me tell you. This radio play featured the vocal talents of Greg Talley as Eddie Poe. He owns a jetpack, you know. Ron McAdams as Lionel Van Schmelt. Back in my day, we used to call him Rugged Ronnie (laughs) for all the usual reasons, you see. (coughs) Uh, Leanne Dietz as Annabelle Lucy. (coughs) Very lovely, very lovely. Trish Geiger as Spearmint Sally, Jersey girl, you know. Jennifer Lynn Warren as her suspiciously constant companion Darlene. Rico E. Anderson as Benjamin, or as we like to call him, Step and Rico Pete. (laughs) He gets it. Tim Blaney as Snooby, the anthropomorphic basset hound and wood raven the wood raven. Caroline Talley as Sadie, Ryan Smith as Schrodinger. <laughs> oh, things I've paid a nickel to watch him do. <laughs> Rob Maynard as Slabo. And, of course, Frank Dietz as your humble narrator, Edgar Allan Poe. This radio play was directed mostly in a morphine-induced stupor by Frank Dietz, Rob Maynard, Greg Talley, and Ron McAdams. Audio engineering by Frank, Ron, and Rob. Audio editing by Frank Dietz. Good job. Music and sound supervision by Greg. Music and sound effects by Pond5 and Storyblocks. Other sound effects were merely vivid hallucinations of childish fancy. Promotional artwork by Daniel Vincent Bigelow. Radio Play Text Copyright 2018 by Erica Rodriguez, Greg Talley, and Rob Maynard. Production Copyright 2018 by Jefferson Hospitality, LLC.